Turn to 1 Corinthians 11, 23. It says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This... Do in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Now, this is Paul talking. He said, I received of the Lord that which I delivered to you. Uh, Paul wasn't there when Jesus took the bread and the cup with his disciples, but he appeared to Paul. Paul spent, after his conversion, he spent three years in the Arabian desert and being taught by the Lord. And I want you to notice on this, this is communion Sunday. And I used to preach Every Sunday, on a communion message, and I have stacks of them. And I just went back and was overlooking some of them, and I, I just want to do this. One, he said here, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, or remembrance of him. You know, I don't think this is a sentimental request, He's not asking. He's not asking the disciples to take a trip down memory lane. What Jesus is asking here, his disciples to do, and so that's what he's asking us to do, is to remember specific things that would benefit them in Christ. That's what he's asking us to do. You know you. <laughs> They weren't supposed to look back and wish that he was still there. Instead, he was telling them, remember what I did for you and continue to move ahead with God. Now, why would he say this? Remember me. Because he wants us to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as we remember that, we realize and remember that this is why God's promises are real for us today. When we remember this, we remember that God's provision is for us today. When we remember him on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, we are remembering we, we are to possess all of the promises, all of the provision. So as we look at, at briefly at these three things that we're to remember, remember that the promises of God, uh, that remember what the promises of God reveal. In 2 Corinthians 1.20 then, Paul goes on to say, 
For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, are so be it. To the glory of God through us. Now he who established us with you in Christ has anointed us, is anointed us as God. Now through Christ Jesus, God is saying, yes, all of the promises are now available. You see, it's a good thing to know the promises. The promises show us what God has made available to us through Christ. They reveal his provision that he has given to us. Now, remember when God spoke to the Israelites, he said to them in Deuteronomy 8, 7, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks and water, of fountains and springs that flows out of the valleys, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, in a land which you will eat bread without sacrity, in which you will lack nothing, a land which who, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper, copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Now, God's promises are never empty. They always have substance. The prom- now look at this. The promised land already existed. You see, the promised land had all, was already there. It already existed. The provision was already there. But the promise here is they would go to the land, promised land and then they would cross the Jordan into the promised land. When Jesus died on the cross we were able to cross through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we were able to cross into the promise and provision that he had for us. You know, now a promise is when somebody has promised you something, but provision is something that has been provided. Now, so we need to remember the promises, but we also need to remember what has been already been provided because of the promise. You know, a lot of people say, oh yeah, that's what God said. He promised this, he promised that. But they've never realized that the promise has already been provided. It's one thing to look at the promise. It's another thing to, take, uh, to, to focus on that it is already provided. Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, provided 
salvation, provided healing, provided deliverance, provided every need is met. Now I'm talking about something that has already been provided. These provisions exist. We don't have to wait for them. It's already there. We have to realize that. Many people talk about the promises of God, but I don't think that they realize they already provided. Now, most of you in, that are younger won't remember this, but most of the more mature people will remember when you used to go to the store and you put something on layaway. How many remember that? You made a payment. You did put a down payment. They took the product and they held it in what they called layaway. And each month you went and you paid a, a little bit on more on it. Now, actually, the promise there is uh, they promised to keep that for, for you until the price was paid. When the price was paid, then it was provided to you. It was yours. You see, that's what we need to, we need to realize. When Christ... God promised the Messiah. He promised the deliverance. He promised all this. You can read it in the Old Testament. But when he died on the cross, then the layaway, the promise became a reality. You see, when you lay it away, there's a promise that's going to be mine when the price is paid. Well, that's the same thing that happened in the Old Testament. The promise was there in the Old Testament. But when the price was paid at Calvary, then it became a reality. It's already provided. You don't have to wait for it. See, you, I mean, you put this, you put that on layaway and you're waiting. Oh, no, I got, man, when the price is paid, I'm going to get that. And you start thinking about how great it's going to be. Well, let me tell you what, the promise has already been paid for. It's yours. It's provided. When he died on that cross so many thousand years ago, he wants us to realize that healing is ours. It's already provided. Safety is ours. Protection is ours. It's already provided. Abundant life has already been provided. You know, victorious living has already been provided. Now, whether you're living in it or not, that's, that's one thing. See, we got to realize that the things that God provided to us doesn't automatically ha happen. You see... God provided the promise in the Old Testament when the Messiah came, they didn't receive him, although the promise was there. And when he died on the cross, the payment was paid in full and everything that 
had been promised was now provided, but they never received it because they didn't receive Christ. When we receive Christ, then we, the promise is there, but we, re, we get the provision. How many understand what I'm talking about? How do you get the provision? By taking possession of it. Do you realize on that layaway that the store had, you can make the payment, but if you never went and took possession of it, it's still there. It's yours. It's provided. But you have to do something about receiving it. Hello. You know, when you go to work for a company, most of the companies will tell you, okay, after so many days, you get this many days vacation. See, there is, there is the promise of the vacation. When you have done what you're supposed to do, then it's provided to you. Now, whether you take advantage of the provision or not is up to you. You're the one that has to do something about it. That's the same same way it is with the the promises and the provision that God has given. You do something about it. And that's why when we have our communion, we are remembering the provision, the promise, the provision. And as we do so, we say we are taking what has been already been provided. You know, you possess it. See, although God promised, the, or promised his provision to every believer, it's still every believer's obligation to take advantage of it and possess it. I got a message I preached to Joshua generation. I think I've preached it here one time. I don't know. I preach it on the road quite a bit. But do you realize that the old Israelite people, they were still God's people. They just never enjoyed what he had provided. Those kids that had, and and grandkids that had to spend 40 years in the wilderness, they went across and they enjoyed what he had provided. In fact, in that first chapter of Joshua, where God's telling Joshua, we're going to read about some of it here in a minute, but in the last verse the people say to Joshua, anybody that, does, that refuses to go and do what God has told us to do, we're going we're gonna to get rid of them. They're going to put them to death. They, they're tired of the wilderness and they was going to make sure that they didn't spend another day there. We have to make sure we don't spend another day and not take what's already been provided for us. We are, we are heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You know, we receive what God has already provided by faith. Believing the promises as ours is one thing, but possessing them with our mouth is another thing. See, now we get to this here. We begin to see that when they got to the river Jordan to enter the promised land, 
God told Joshua these things. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you, you and all the people, to a land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the soles of your foot will trod upon, I will, I've given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be, I, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage for to this people, you should divide an inheritance of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now, he went on there in three different verses and told Joshua to be strong in the Lord. Now, why would he tell Joshua to be strong? Because even though it was provided, it was going to take courage and strength to possess it. And he knew, Jehovah God knew that the enemy would do everything he could to try to keep you or keep them from possessing the promised land, which was already provided for. He said, the land I've given them. That means it's already provided. Hey, it's already provided for us, but the enemy is going to do everything he can to keep you from getting it. And you're going to have to be strong and courageous. And in the face of when it doesn't look like it's going to happen, you're going to say, I have to say, I believe God, it's mine. You know, you're going to have to be like kids. Have you ever noticed kids and with toys? And one kid has this toy, but it's the other kid's toy. And he goes, that's mine. And he grabs it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Especially if you, if you got siblings and also even with cousins, cousins come over and get a toy and you do, no, it's my toy. Come on. How many know what I'm talking about? You see, they know that kid knows that's theirs and they're not going to let somebody else possess it. I mean, that's sort of a rude example, but it, it, I want you to understand that's what the devil is trying to do. He's going to try to take what belongs to you. And you got to learn how to be strong and courageous and jerk it away from him. How do you do that? With your mouth saying what the word of God says. Hello. You know, sometimes it's easier to settle for less than the more. You know, some people are satisfied with second best. Some people are satisfied with just a little. I want it all. You know, I, it's sort of a trait of mine and it's actually a, I can trace it all the way into my, my, my dad, my, my uncles and our family. Uh, we don't like second place. In fact, I got a second place trophy one time and I give it to one of my grandsons. I said, here. <laughs> you know, it's great to 
win something like that. But you know what? Hardly ever does anybody ever remember who got the silver or the bronze medal, but most everybody remembers who won the gold medal. Hello? Hey, I'm not going to settle for second best. Some people settle for second best. We got to stir ourselves up and say, listen, this is mine. I'm going to possess it. There's not enough devils in hell to keep me from possessing what belongs to me. Hello. You know, I tell the story sometimes. Uh, and I, I, my wife reminded me that I, got, I turned it around the other day when I was saying it. But in, I was traveling with dad back in the 50s. And uh, a lady come across the platform and she was uh, hobbling along. And uh, dad said to her, what do you need? Hey, what do you need? What? He said, what do you need? Oh, my ears. So he prayed for it. Her ears got healed. And she went crippling off with her cane And he said, well, wait a minute, sister. Don't you need something else? Don't you need, uh, yeah, I got this old arthritis, but I can live with it, but I couldn't live with not being able to hear. I'm I'm serious. That's settling for second best. Hello? (laughs) The enemy will give us all kinds of ideas well, hey, you can make it with that, but you, you know, that other, you know, that's the enemy talking. God has given provision. He has given the promise. He's given the provision. What are you going to do about the possession? Come on. He told that old bunch of Israel that he had given them the land. And Joshua and Caleb tried to persuade them to go. Said we can, we can take the land. Their defense, God has promised it to them. Their, their defense has departed from them. But they chose to believe the ten that said we can't, and they didn't. But their kids did, and their grandkids did. You see, it's up to each one of us how much of the provision that we possess. It's up to you. It's not up to your friend. It's not up to your neighbor. Or you're not up to any of your relatives. It's not up to your wife, your husband, or anybody else, brother, sister, anybody. It's up to you what, how much of the, of the promise and the provision that you possess. It's all on you. Now, that's where people want to, they want to shut down on you there because they want somebody else to, to pray and get it for them. My dad told me when I was growing up, he said, son, learn to pray for yourself because you care about you more than anybody. And if you've heard him preach, you've probably heard him say, I laid hands on myself and prayed for myself. Anybody that heard him preach ever heard him say that? Yeah. 
he, he was a full blame. He said, because sometimes people want somebody else to do it for them. But God says that you are to possess the land. You, you, yourself, all of the, all of the provision belongs to you. But until you possess it, it sits there. Hello. Did you know you could, you can sit at a table that has food on it until you starve to death and yet there it is. It's provided for you. Hello, come, don't look at me like that. It's a, well, some of us well, nobody would do that. Well, I don't think they would, but I have heard of some people that have refused to eat until they die. Anybody ever heard about somebody like that? Yeah. It's provided, but you're the one's going to have to do something about it. It's provided right here in this book that we call the Holy Bible. This is God's promise and this is God's provision. He has promised it. Then he provided it through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's up to you whether you possess it or not. It's time to stir ourselves up and be strong and courageous and look the devil in the eye. Or spit in the devil's eye and swing out over the aching void of nothingness but the faith in God holding on because that will see you through to the other side to victorious living. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you whether you forget all the provision. And that's what I like about it. That's why it says often as you do this, some people do it more often, but we choose the first Sunday of every month to come down here or to get these elements, this cup and this bread. And we choose to say, I am remembering the provision. I am remembering the promise. And I am possessing the, the, the provision that's been provided to me because Jesus Christ died on the cross. He took stripes on his back. His body was broken and beaten for my healing. He, blood was shed for my salvation. And because of that, I have abundant living. I have all, everything I need. I am going to possess it because it's mine and it belongs to me and the devil cannot take it away from me. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you to receive everything that God provided through Jesus Christ. And that's why we take communion to remember all of that and say, Mr. Devil, you can't have me because this belongs to me and all that I need is in my hand right now. Hallelujah to Jesus. Let's prepare for communion. Father, thank you today. I just reminded these people for a few short minutes about your promise, your provision and possession. I thank you now that as we prepare to receive the communion, I thank you that we all will begin to possess what belongs to us. 
before we receive. If you happen to be in this place and don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you need to know him today. Or you need to rededicate your life to God. If that's you on any one of these invitations, let me see your hand. I want to pray with you and pray for you downstairs, upstairs, wherever anybody need to receive Christ. There's a hand somewhere somebody's saying. Thank you, G. I see that. Are there others? You want to receive Christ? You want to rededicate your life to God? It's, this is your time right now. Everyone stand, please. I saw one hand. There may have been more. If you, if you raised your hand, wanted to raise your hand, should have raised your hand, I want you to step out, come down here to the front. I want to shake hands with you, and I want to pray with you, for you, and with you right now. If you raise your hand, should have raised your hand, come on down here right now. Come on down here right now. Right here. Come on. Stand right here. Stand right there. Stand right there. Come on. Right here. Come on. If you raised your hand, should have raised your hand, wanted to raise your hand, come on now. This is your opportunity. If you're in the balcony, the ushers will help you get down here. I'm going to wait a moment. I'm going to wait just a moment for you to come. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. If you're coming, come now. This is your time. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now, I got two books in my hand, New Birth and In Him. If I said I was going to give these to you, how are you going to get them? I put them out here. What are you going to do to get them? That's right. You got to take them. I can give you a book, but I can't give you the spiritual thing that you come to receive. It comes from heaven on high. So I want you to raise one hand toward heaven. Reach your hands out toward them as I pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each of these that come. I thank you that every spiritual need in their life will be met today. Salvation, rededication. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands down. Look at me for just a moment. I want you to go to a special place of prayer where you can be prayed with individually and in depth. And you'll get, you other two will get those books that she got. Would you turn and see Greg right there? Would you follow him to that place of prayer right now where there's others there to pray with you right now? Just come and go this way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen and amen.